It is Saturday, the 25th of September, 2021. This is episode 402 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode of Digital Outbox. I am Chris and Ian is, of course, with me for this, yeah, another another episode, Ian. It's been a little while. <laughs> it's been four weeks and it's the third oh take. Oh my God. But um, we're, we're here. Don't worry about that. Uh, that's all in the past and it involves me learning how to speak again, apparently. Um, <laughs> let's go straight to the news. Um, Twitter, firstly, uh, adding more modes. Um, it's calling... Uh, safety mode is basically what it's calling and it's it allows you to turn as far as i'm understanding and if you you can correct me if i'm wrong it allows you to turn on on your account a setting that says if i'm receiving abusive um, tweets from someone you can uh, twitter will automatically block anyone it determines is being abusive and keep their account blocked from being able to contact me for the next seven days Uh, and that's it so i think it's to help people that are um, I think we've mentioned this years ago. You don't want to be that person who's famous for Twitter that day. You know, it's done something that that you know somebody retweets and it just explodes. Um, or you don't want to be that celebrity, or you know, the politician, the comedian, the journalist that that you know one camp of a country decides I'm having you for what you've written or said or done. What I'm not sure about though is does it completely block them from being able to reply on your threads or does it just stop you from seeing it? Do we know that? I I thought it was both. I thought it um it stopped you seeing it but also kind of stopped prevented them replying. It, yeah. Mm. And it, and it's for seven days. So it's like instead of you going having to cuz I'm guessing, you know, me and you haven't I've ever experienced this and hopefully we never will where you've just got you know thousands of people shouting at you on twitter well i don't use twitter let's put it that way yeah you yeah, know so i'm thinking even things yeah. like you know emma ranacanu you know out of nowhere she's you know you know in the tennis world so she's probably just you know the whole social media thing's just probably exploded and how do you keep you know how do you keep on top of that i'm not saying i'm not saying she's not got a team helping but that's the kind of thing where if you're an individual, that might be quite overwhelming. And that's the whole point of this is to try. And you and... could have been just going out to get my milk and the next day you're world famous and you suddenly got a whole load of abuse coming in because that's what humans do, apparently. Yeah. That can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's saying that if you interact with another account frequently, um, then it wouldn't block those accounts if they were trying to chat to you. So they, you know. Um, so yeah, okay. Well, that sounds like a positive uh, statement, uh, and it looks like they're they're offering these tools because obviously they can't keep up necessarily with the actual demand of trying to moderate the world, um, which is what these companies are faced with having to do. Um, and these automated tools are hopefully going to help them. Um, in the meantime, they've rolled out a paid subscription, what they're calling Super Follows, uh, and that lets you sort of monetize your Twitter account. So by offering super exclusive content and tweets and exciting in you know in news um but you have to pay to get those tweets so i think there's there's different uh charging options and uh, twitter has graciously said they're not going to take any of your money away from you if you do want to charge up until you start earning fifty thousand um of dollars and then then it's going to start taking a cut um and 
yeah and i'm guessing it's it's i think we've mentioned before it's things like trying to counter the patreon and and you know all the other sort of accounts that are there just trying to monetize that super fan type thing and twitter has gone right well we've got a platform that already connects these people together let's give them an extra layer but it doesn't seem to offer any more features it is just about when someone makes a tweet it's just about who is that tweet going to and i think it's a a good thing to do um so many I guess so many people have built up a following on Twitter, and then when they launch a newsletter or a, I don't know, a, a you know, special podcast or some video series, they're saying come and you know come and follow me on this other platform, and they'll never, probably never get the same amount of people. Um, so I think it's a good thing, um, and just as you well, say, well, it splits your audience, doesn't it? It's a subset. So rather than making a tweet and then deciding you just want to tell that to your fans, um, but yeah. It, it, yeah it's <laughs> I, I was just a bit underwhelmed by it does you know okay it might give you occasional extra tweet but i don't know how i guess it's up to the user who's running the twitter account um, to manage yeah. that one through so i mean there's things like i mean i think it's like if you think of it just as a tweet but then there'll be things like you know digital artists saying well i'll put exclusive content out through this instead of doing it through patreon you know and this is a way of doing it now that so yes mm. it might be delivered as a tweet but you'll get some extra content it might be some engagement it might be and, and they're doing lots of, I mean, Twitter oh, for years just stagnated. You know, they, did, they did so little, but in the last 18 months to two years, they seem to be, let's, you know, almost the Samsung of of, of social media. Let's just, let's just try these things. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, kill it. And, you know, Twitter stagnated as soon as they clamped down on all the innovation by the community, didn't they? And all this sort of third party stuff. Um, but you're right. We, we have seen good movements in ways of trying to protect users as in they're making at least the right sounds uh, and also yeah the feature sort of trainers has started up again um and they've talked about um interest-based communities as well so they're trying to again get into that interest group area um so you can join up with an interest group and you can uh, tweet to that interest group and whilst the tweet itself will be a public entity you know replies um will only come from that uh, specific interest group so you can it's, it's almost it's almost trying to be a, a an old bulletin board or even where discord has jumped in on gaming and stuff like that it's that kind of they're trying to sort of categorize things now uh, and and again trying to let twitter be the place where you can go and join those groups so if you're interested in a sport or interested in a particular hobby then you can go and join up with those similar minded people and, and go talk to them direct i know they've talked about when people join twitter then they'll be like instead of saying here's these i think for a while and i'm going back right at the start they were like oh follow back you know barack obama follow you know famous people and i think they're now saying follow this community so you'll get lots of tweets from that community and you'll feel like there's things that interest you whereas I guess if you just join it it'll just sound like a load of angry people most of the time yeah <laughs> and, it, and you're right yeah because there is stuff going on in twitter but it's the it's, it, twitter is trying to be all things to all people isn't it it's trying to be the hi mum how here right here's my picture from you know but but unfortunately you're kind of sending that picture around the world which gets people into trouble uh but equally now they're trying to work out how do we subdivide our user pool and and make it more intriguing as a as an environment for them and it's also the size of nice. discord and reddit i mean they're, they're huge i mean discord's eating lots of people's lunch but reddit's obviously huge and it is it is based around that you know find your topic and 
It's amazing. Yeah. I've never really done other than searching and finding occasional posts in Reddit that sort of give you information. Uh, Reddit's passed me by a bit. Um, I guess it's just generation or whatever. But uh, equally for some people, Reddit is is their internet. That is where they spend their whole time. I, I get quite a lot. I think, I think the, the biggest change for me was uh, there was a really nice client came out on iOS called Apollo. And I just found that far better than the website itself and, and the, the Reddit app. And um, it's got very advertising heavy, you know, as you were browsing through it, everything was like every second, felt like every second, you know, post was, here's a sad bit. And it, it was quite invasive. The Reddit website is very 1994 as well, isn't it? It's literally yeah. is just yeah, text on a page and, and it's a and real and old Apollo, bulletin board. Apollo for me isn't, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's mm. like, you know, a, a really modern client and it's from an ex-Apple developer. So he knows he's, you know, he's got his iOS, iOS chops, he knows how to write. You know, a really nice, clean, modern app. Um, supports all the features, lets you view media really easily. Um, I, yeah, the Apollo has made Reddit pleasant for me. Like the old Google Reader made reading <sighs> RSS feeds so much nicer. Uh, are they for the days? days. Um, <laughs> Apple, uh, with several Apple stories actually, um, including their um, event that we'll get to eventually. Um, but we've just got to get through some updates to their kind of being sued around the world. And we know that obviously they've got their Epic trial, which we'll come and talk about. But they've also been under the, under the scrutiny of different uh, regions. So Japan, Japan have had um, sort of a close eye on whether they're allowed to do what they do with their sales um, and their, their in-app purchases, for example. And then also the European Commission's keeping an eye on them as well. Um, and we've just had some news from Japan um, that, uh, that it's gonna, it is requesting they do change their process. Do you, do you have the details of that? It's, it's a weird one because this got a lot of press. So it was all around um, what, what's called reader apps. And that, when you first when you first think about reader app, I do think of things like you know Google Reader, or you're thinking of something where you read content, but it's really a kind of Dropbox, Dropbox is the wrong word. It's really a, a a drop, you know, a bag of where they've put things where they kind of want to treat these apps differently. So things like Amazon and you know Netflix is in there, and Spotify is in there, and Audible is in there. So it's a real mixture of Almost like so almost where there's content. a library of content and then yeah. this app is over the top of that to display it to the user. Yeah, because okay. you can start to argue, well, if you remember the controversy around Hey when they, when they launched their email app, surely it's just a reader of email, but it's no, that's an email app. Whereas, you know, these things, but, but again, it's like Netflix, Spotify, Audible in there, but also Dropbox is in there. So it's a real strange kind of, you know, it's an interesting cultural thing as well. To see, yeah. it's, it's an insight for us to see how companies, when they go global, have to deal with all these different sort of angles and different opinions on what their app is and how it works. Um, so, but anyway, reader apps on those platforms are going to have to. Is it is it is it about the payment? Um, uh, and where no, it goes so, to? so this one's actually allowing them, to, and this is this, it drives me nuts. This is how controlling Apple is. They they don't allow you as a developer to link to another website. So if you think of Netflix, Netflix used to be quite happy on Apple platforms saying, you want to sign up to us on, on Apple? Fine, we'll give Apple the 30% or, or I think they're a special negotiated 20 or 15%. And then eventually said, actually, we're big enough. We don't need you, Apple. So when you download Netflix, it just says sign in. There's no way they can link to another page can't register, telling okay. you how to yeah. sign in you need to figure out and you go to netflix.com and do it and that's fine for netflix but if you've just you know if me and you launch a new a new app 
and we want to avoid paying subscriptions, we can't tell our customers where to go and sign up. So unless you've got a good domain, you're kind of stuffed straight away. So this is the, the kind of first chink where they're saying, yep, we'll allow you to link to your own website and allow people to manage their accounts. And it sounds crazy that this is had to, you know, <laughs> go to, you know, go to this, you know, um, you know, a deal with in Japan, you know, with the Fair Trade Commission to allow them, you know, to allow developers who write the app, who, you know, I've got that engagement with the customers, will allow you to link to our webpage. It's just mental. Yeah, I remember saying weeks ago, the direction of travel here is only one direction. And we've seen that as well in the rule ruling in Epic versus Apple. Um, so this was where Epic decided they were just going to inject their own payments processing into their uh, Fortnite app on the App Store. Apple then basically removed them and they went to court over it. Um, and we've sort of we've had a ruling and, and no one, you know, no one's a winner, really. Uh, Apple have been told that they must allow a button to be inserted to allow other payment methods to be offered. Um, and Epic has been told that they must pay Apple the revenue stream, revenue gain that they got um, when they deliberately broke their contract. Um, now, Epic are obviously going to have to pay, you know, they've lost a massive revenue stream from being removed from the App Store full stop. And there's no sign that they're going to be able to be put back on the App Store. There's no requirement. And they, the judge even so, said there's so, no, there's nothing from Apple. You know, they don't have to put them back. No, and they now have been permanently banned. So not the developer account for Epic itself, but the Fortnite account. Um, Apple midweek said because you took us to court and because you lost, because you're in breach of contract, we ain't renewing this while this is still in court because they're both appealing the decision. Mm -hmm. Epic are appealing that they've lost the nine other judgments in this case, and Apple are appealing the one that they've lost. Um, many people are reckoning, unless it comes to some, you know, unless it can settle out of court, the reckoning is four to five years of legal arguments ahead all around this because it's so complex. Both think they're right. Most people seem to be siding with Apple and that if you look at what they're doing, um, there is there's no legal breach here. You might think it's dirty. You might think it's not a you know a great way to run, especially as they're the biggest company in the world and the grip they've got round you know you know this view that if you put something on a hardware product that we sell, we're going to take thirty percent of your revenue. Yeah, we automatically take that revenue. Yeah, yeah it, it's um there's there's some. I mean, you go back to the you know origins of Apple and the you know beating the the big companies. You know, we've said many times before, Apple are that big company now in in that respect. Um, but they are standing true to their principles of yep, taking your money <laughs> for everything. Uh, but but equally, um, I think the direction of play is against Apple. And and as the as the ruling does demand that they do allow other people to to inject what I mean, we don't really know what injecting a button means at the moment it needs to be defined but um uh nevertheless apple will lose a significant amount of revenue stream off of the back the you know off the back of this court case but it doesn't stop the fact that yeah epic did um break that um contract and and the court was would not force apple to put put them back on the app store again so yeah there so epic will be losing revenue fortnite for their ios um devices um yeah so we'll see, this is, I mean, Apple have 90 days to kind of reply, but they're appealing. So I don't know if that, you know, strikes a line through that judgment because they're doing the appeal and Epic are doing the appeal in the other one. So it's almost back to square one. And mm. it's, 
you just don't see where it ends because again, if they find in favour of Apple, you know, so they appeal and just say they found in favour of them, Epic is just going to keep appealing. They've, they've... Re- <laughs> revenue shares are the new patents, aren't they? <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's a long time since we've talked about patents on here, but uh, yeah, revenue shares is the the latest fighting ground. Uh, but we had the iPhone event um, as well. Also, oh, well, in fact, they're, they're a big event, including iPhones and mobile devices. So, um, but we started um, with Apple TV, and they were just um, pimping what's coming up. You were an Apple TV subscriber. Did it excite you? Uh, not really. I mean, I did, uh... it was kind of more of the same, right? They, they're they're <laughs> making some good content, and it seems like people are enjoying that content, and they're winning awards for it. So, it's been, um, I mean, yeah. Ted, Ted Lasso kind of almost swept the board uh, last week Emmys and the kind of all the kind of comedy and, and it, is a, it is a good show um, Foundation started yesterday so that's a, 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 a you know a big big kind of epic sci-fi type show that they've clearly thrown you know Game of Thrones type money at it's you know great cast um, looks fantastic I've not watched it yet I think there was two episodes released yesterday um, some people saying it was dull um, other people saying it was good to have um, what I would say adult slow-paced sci-fi with you know lots you know lots of you know complex topics. So I guess it's back to the what do you what do you want to see in a, a sci-fi show? You know, there's well, yeah, and it's not going to be for everyone. You no. know, you can't. But, and 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 because the number of shows are relatively low still. I mean, if you imagine launching a TV service and then going into the pandemic, that's the you know it's, the timing could not have been worse for them really. And that as was, far as trying to get content out the door, it, I mean, that was a challenge because Morning Show launched again last week, and I think the plan was that should have launched last year. You know, and they've taken a. If you think back to the launch, said it was free for a year, and then they extended that to to basically June, July this year, because they had no real new content coming, and then it's all kind of landed with Ted Lasso, Morning Show, MC, which some people you know really like as well. So there's these are the kind of repeat ones starting to land, you know, season twos, and and to be fair, you're right, it is limited, but what I would say is it feels it does feel like that kind of HBO quality. They're going for like you know less content, but we'll make sure it's hitting a a higher bar in their eyes, but you never know. I mean, Ted Lasso, nobody expected that to do what it did. It just caught the, you know, the right moment, the zeitgeist, very buzzy, um, and it and it was it was really enjoyable. Well, in the in the light in the yeah you know in the light content services, it would you remember back to Netflix in the UK, it was very much Breaking Bad was the the hook point, and and it's and I don't suppose anyone thought that was going to be such a massive hit when they first conceived of it, but it ended up being such a you know, an international phenomenon. But we also get a new iPad, um, although you'd be hard pushed to know it was a new one if you hadn't been told. Uh, it looks the same, but obviously they've updated all the internals. They've got the A13 chip inside it. They've put a, a new um, ultra-wide camera um, on the on it. Uh, and the, the price is remaining that sort of stubbornly low, $329, which, um, I, I again, I, I just... I'm surprised they can make money on that, but they must do. They make millions on, on all their stuff. Um, but it's still an incredibly good proposition if you just want to get into that portable market. And, it, you know, it works you know, incredibly and, and, well. And they did say it's their biggest selling iPad, um, which was interesting. Because, you know, me and you and others, I guess, we, we all get excited about the big expensive iPads. You, but... Strangely, when I bought my iPad, I bought the cheap one and I never looked back. I think it was the really good choice. I didn't have ever that many apps that I needed to do. And and the time, it was in the early days, so it wasn't like it, apps weren't making use of that sort of extra facility that Pad had. But 
yeah. And I think the, the only interesting bit was, and and they've, they've landed it in all their iPads now is center stage. So this is the kind of tracking with the ultra wide camera. And it's just so annoying that you know the the new iMacs came out without it. It just feels such a miss that all the hardware should have been there to 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 yeah. land that. Um, yeah, they didn't seem like a good reason not to. There must have been a reason. There generally is, but it's normally because they're waiting for the, <laughs> so they got something to announce in the next one. Yeah. Uh, we also saw a new iPad mini as well. So um, sort of along the pro lines as far as look and feel, uh, it's got a big old screen. You've got your touch ID and uh, the bezels are sort of uh, uniform around it. So that sort of distinguishes it from the other one. And they're, they're whacking up the new um, sensor up front as well. Uh, sorry, a back camera of 12 megapixels, but they've also got the front one with center stage as well. Uh, this this looked lovely. The, the, mini, the mini doesn't get much love. Um, and it had been, I think it's been like three years since the last update. So really, you know, it's really stood out as a unloved device. And this, as you see, it looks like the Pro, it looks like the Air. So it's not got, you know, it's not got Face ID, but it's got the Touch ID sensor and the power button. Um, it's got 5G, it's got USB-C um, and reviewed, you know, rev the reviews have now come out. So we didn't cover this last week. So reviews are out and it's, um, you know, just, you know, knocking out the park. People were really impressed. Yeah, Touch ID on the button, isn't it, as yeah. well? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those weird devices. It, it looks much more like the Samsung phablets or, you know, the, you know those kind of, those that that size, but it, it obviously comes with all the uh, the kind of Apple goodness. And, um, and when you see it next to like a, a like one of the Pro Max phones, it's, they're not, not that diff much difference in height, but, but this is USB-C and it's got the center stage and you're like, it's so close to, Actually, you might actually just want that as your one device. It's you know, is it big enough for some content? And because how many people use phones now? As in, like calls. Most folk are putting in, you know, Bluetooth devices. But that's and... too big for your pocket still. But it, it it shows the movement from that day when Apple said phones should be this size. We've got an iPad which is this size. Yeah. Users are wrong if they want anything else. We now have yeah. that. We have got a teeny phone a medium-sized phone a small pad and a massive pad so we've got that full range and stretch so i totally get too big for the pocket but see if you're a traveler that to me is like a oh, spot on device and probably mm -hmm. could you know could you much more you know, like you take it on the airplane you have yeah, it in your hotel yeah, yeah. room whatever yeah yeah, yeah convenient yeah agreed uh, Apple Watch Series 7. So actually, um, whilst it doesn't look much different from the outside, uh, the, it's the, the big advantage of this one is now the screen is making use of more of that space you've got on, on the, the watch face. The, this was the, um, this was in some ways, so the, I guess the big the big refresh was definitely the, the mini we've just covered. Loads of leakers, you know, Bloomberg as well, all said, yeah, we're going to get flat sides. It's going to be a redesigned Apple Watch this year. And up popped the same looking Apple Watch with all the roundness, the typical iWatch design. Apple it shows design. how much yeah. bravado and rubbish is out there. Yeah. Yeah. So they're now, they're now trying to say, oh, well, they had two designs in play and they had real difficulties manufacturing it. And you're like, shut it. You know, it's like you just, you messed up. Um, and this is like, the screen is one millimeter bigger. So it's not, it's not, not a huge difference. Um, but they've reduced some of the bezels and there's something about the crystal glass is now doing a little bit of roundness. Like now some watches do do that and bend it round. Um, it comes in, you know, five different colours. And we'll, we'll see that when we talk about the phones. They are, they are, as Apple does every year, they play around with colours. So they, they entice a, oh, 
new new fresh very um, googleish colors i thought actually they're more pastel oh, they're still a bit bit yeah. more saturated but more of that kind of not true colors they're not the you know but they're just off uh, yeah and when it comes to the phones i actually thought some of them were a bit bolder than normal which okay. was interesting yeah maybe, maybe um, you're right yeah but cpu no difference so so mm. and we tend to see this with the apple watch that they'll they'll kind of use that cpu for a couple of years and then then you'll get a kind of chip upgrade inside um so not not a tremendous amount of difference in this one um you know so they, they, they really focused on the the screen is more durable and um you know it can take knocks better and it's got better fast charging and um, but a more usable and bigger not okay the screen's not much bigger but the actual content they're advertising you get onto it was significantly more so it meant that you could read messages better and surely that is all in the right direction and it is and the, and the horrible thing and again this is very inside apple um you'll see and and obviously people listening you won't see because it's just me and chris looking at the show notes um but it talked about a full keyboard with um quick pass so this is like a swipeable keyboard and they're saying that's for the first time we've got a swipeable keyboard um, they stopped a developer selling a swipeable keyboard two months ago and they mm. didn't tell him why. And as soon as the keynote, as it was happening, he was lying, right, see you in court, Apple. And right, he, is take, he is taking them to, he's a small developer, but he's taking them to court because he was stopped doing business, his app worked exactly the same as this, and they killed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that'll mm-hmm. be an interesting one just to keep an eye on around would they because again they, they they love to talk about how they you know the, the big development success stories and there is so often there's some really ugly behavior like like that apple fitness plus uh coming to 15 new countries um we already had it over here so whoop de do um but they have uh added pilates and guided meditation uh, yes and they've got a specific workout series for people wanting to head up into the mountains and go skiing or snowboarding. That's just for Tim, clearly. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know, it's obviously a big thing if you are one of those people and, and quite often people who are buying Apple Watches have the kind of money to allow them to go skiing every year. And you can do group workouts as well. So you can... Um, you can <laughs> wait, you, so they're kind of the Peloton side. Uh, yeah, so you can you can invite... I think it was, it was up to 32 people or something. It was some crazy amount. Um, but it also needs share play, and share play was a, a big thing they focused on through WWDC, but it's been delayed. Um, but it has all reappeared as part of the, the beta versions of the new iOS releases. Okay. Well, there you go. If you're into that fitness stuff, maybe that'd be of interest. Uh, iPhone 13 then, and also covering off iPhone 13 mini. Um, again, doesn't look any different other than the positions of the camera lenses are slightly different um, but the actual form factor of the phone itself is the same um and uh, from a you know again from a if you're if you're a geek and need to know what's what the, the notch is 20 percent smaller um, <laughs> but you can still use your existing cases and you know convert you know like car car kits or whatever because it's the same form factor um but yeah i mean again it didn't feel like anything super special. It felt just very much like the the onward pursuit of getting new, newer and increased better hardware inside uh, the same form factor. Uh, yeah, and I, I call out better cameras um, and better battery life. Um, so I think the, the inners have already been revealed and there is a, just a slightly bigger battery in there as well. 
so they've reshuffled everything inside to make it allow them to have that bigger battery yeah. but a15 bionic as well uh, yeah and one one thing just in the cameras so last year the the 12 pro max I always have to pause to say that the right way around um, it had a new thing called sensor shift stabilization and they said they could only fit it into the big pro max camera um, so it wasn't even in the, the you know the 12 pro that i picked up and um, that's now in this camera plus the mini plus the pros so whether that is just a refinement of technology or whether last year it was just a lot of rubbish to sell you that pro max and and tempt the people into the here's the thing that we can you know this is the selling point for your uh, bigger yeah family. which which i get you know they, they need to market you know and and yes you get a bigger size and screen and yes you get a bigger battery but every couple of years they tend to you know they either align all the features or they say okay that's only in this one yeah they also pushed heavily the cinematic mode so this allows you to shift your focus so um as they sort of have you know showed in in movies quite often you will shift a user's focus by focusing on a distant object and then coming back to focus on a person so you can you can tell a story by different focuses and they've made this cinematic mode available to all their um sort of new new phones and again it'll do an automated job of shifting focus depending on what it was but you can also sit and tap on the bit that you would like the camera to focus on so you've got sort of yeah, targeted focus and and you know the in, in true apple way they obviously did a big budget um sort of explanation of how you can do it and how that works within this creative mindset and and you know it did it looked impressive enough clearly not as you know as slick as a, a true you know operator would would do that focus but uh but yeah it was it looked good um it's weird <laughs> i actually thought it looked quite false in their demo and they talked about okay. oh we've shot this thing and i was looking at it going this looks really false um it's interesting how you. I saw it as just a bit of a cheap way of a Hollywood. But you said it looked false, but yeah, I yeah. didn't see it as false. Yeah, it's just something I found, and then and then I was listening to some reviews, and people were pointing out, you know, they didn't do anything outside. It was all very inside with very deliberate backgrounds to make sure that the technology worked. Because sometimes it was hunting, and it looked like yes, it, was it did hunting. hunt. Yeah, even yeah, you could see it hunting a bit. Yeah. I, and I've seen some videos since then when it's like it, it will it will hunt quite badly um, but it's a first gen of it and I think that will only improve and we saw that with portrait mode when they added it to stills the first portrait mode you could see you know just some just you know almost like effects around it and then the next version oh wow it's got the hair all perfect and do you do you think it's going to be a, something that's really used in the wild massively? I know that obviously someone who's maybe making an online podcast or a video or vodcast maybe or something or a product review may end up but they've nearly all got you know DLSLRs for that quality, and I guess Apple are trying to push the fact that hey, you can do a similar thing with your with just your iPhone. Um, but I don't know whether we're, they're moving too far into this this real, you know, pro proper you know genre that maybe most users won't end up needing that kind of facility. It's, it's hard to know. The first because when portrait mode came out, lots of people were like, you know, I would say more like the people that would maybe have got a DSLR, you know, and, and got the lenses were like look how fake this is and here's why and they're pointing at all the problems and then it was just normal users going hold on this is just my camera that allows me to take a picture that looks you know 80 90 percent as good as your you know 1500 quid camera with lenses and i've just got it on my phone i'll have that and i just took a picture of my gran and i'm really happy with it thanks yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. it was good enough it was good enough to do, and, and they've improved it to it's like actually it's now really good yeah, and i, I think, think we yeah. might see the same with this but i mean it didn't work in 4k 
uh, in 60 frames per second. It's doing it in 1080p, 30 frames per second. So it's 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 knocking it down quite a bit. But I still I still think it is. It's obviously good enough. And I've seen I saw, I saw a great video actually with somebody and they had the dog behind them, and it was focused in on them. And when he turned to face the dog, it focused on the dog without him doing anything. And then when he turned back, it came back to him. Yeah. And it was like, and it, and it, the effect worked. It didn't hunt. It just did it. I just don't know how many people sort of sit and set up a shot with their iPhone. And that's almost what you have to do. It has to, yeah. because it's trying to tell a story with it. I don't know how many people just sit and set up those shots. Whereas normally they just point and, yeah. point and shoot at your kid running to like in the play, or play park or whatever. Yeah. They must know. have stats on, yeah. you know, what, what, what they think. How would, do people use it? Yeah. And, and a couple uh, other things. Price stayed the same. Yep. And yep. Um, storage, the base storage actually went up. So it's starting off 128 gig. You know, so it's getting to a, you know, a good a good starting level. Yeah, and then we've got the uh, Pro Max version of the iPhone 13 as well. So, um, yep, some different color options, and yeah, the three lenses on the back of that one, uh, and the bigger screen size. Um, so the interesting thing with this is, I didn't realize how big the cameras were. So all three cameras are better than last year's, but they're also bigger, um, and they've really. See if you adapt. So I've got last year's Pro phone, and again, holding holding up for the audience. But when you put a case on it, it hides a bump. You know, everything's flat and it mm-hmm. sits flat on a desk. And um, this year's Pro 13s, if you put a case on, the cameras still come out further. They still poke out. Yeah, and, they... and and they're taking over more than half the back now. They are a lot bigger, mm-hmm. but it's because of um, they're the, the bigger lenses, they're faster lenses, they're letting more light. And that's been the thing that, that all the reviews have talked around. It's um, the improvements in the, the three lenses um, have been really good. And now there's a times three zoom. Um, and I quite like the must admit, times two zoom has been really great in the pro I've got. So it's like that's a. And nice... that's optical zoom. And that's where yeah. this extra height gives you that, that zoom Absolutely. capability. And then they've also introduced a macro um, feature. And again, the macro pictures that I've seen people taking. Yeah, I've seen a few. Re- really, really nice. So I think the two things that have come out of this are, sorry, three things. Far, you know, far more improved cameras. Um, the bigger battery again. So they've got that extra hour and a half tours, you know, across the range. And then the screen. So they've got this ProMotion screen, which again is helping around battery life because it's 120 hertz. But if, if, it's, if you're just looking, if you're just reading, you know, a bit of text, it's 10 hertz. So it's just, again, mm. reducing that, 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 battery usage and that's about it you know there's the, the colors but they're massive different. oh they are they're <laughs> massive know. they're massive changes but but i think all no no this... i don't mean i mean they're big just physically i think these the devices oh, are yeah, big yeah. they are they are big and i think that that lens is big um but i think the changes we are you you nailed it three four years ago we are now in that incremental change um but for me if i buy a you know, i'm going to buy a phone every three years so you end up feeling that jump quite a bit more i think if you buy every year there's not much difference in these yeah the your cumulative difference over that three-year period is going to be a significant step each time um and like you say and i think they know that they they i think we are away from the need to buy i mean some people still do it but i think that we are away from the need to have one every single year because fundamentally they don't really look different um you know and we will probably do I look refreshed just because they want to start selling accessories again. So, um, and they're going to probably have to put a USB C charger in the bottom if Europe has their uh, say because they've we we heard I think it's probably years ago now that 
Europe are going to stipulate that every single phone must have USB-C as its charging port um, to prevent wastage of having to have a USB <laughs> a plug and a cable in every single like mobile device. And Apple has been fighting against this for all that time. And, and it, you know, we're coming to crunch point now where the EU are saying this is actually the time where it's going to be put into place. And um, Apple are still trying to fight it. And Europe are going, nope, we've given you plenty of chance. Uh, you must do this. I think this is complete bollocks. I don't know if I've just I've just become a right winger overnight, or or I, I just I, so so I look at the see when I think they've been taught about this. It feels like a decade, but they've been taught about common chargers. Um, and I think if you go back, we've had you know all the different USB type standards and you know micro USB and all the little, and it is so it is nice that USB C. It feels like that universal option now. But I think when they first talked about it was when, I don't know how many pins, was it 20-something pins, 30 pins? Remember the big, wide Apple plug that you used to charge with? And you, you know, you used to clunk it in, and then they went lightning. Um, you know, it's a different place now. So Apple, Apple, it's interesting, because Apple are USB-C on their other devices, so all the iPads are USB-C. But on the iPhone, they're stuck with lightning. But USB-C isn't a universal standard. There's like, I don't know, 15, 20 different... Um, charge rates and different cables and oh this won't work if you plug it in with this cable even though it's USB-C and USB-A at the other end still won't work because the cable's not right or it's not rated for this charge that doesn't solve this I just I just God, don't... you're so Apple man no I just I just don't <laughs> know where this t- but also they're going to mandate USB-C so what's next yeah, I, yeah, and I don't know how you then moved to when does it come out USB D? Why, you know, why, you know, why is why is a group of politicians now designing our technology? You know, and and, and again, I, equally I, the the wastage is what they uh, advertise at the beginning. That you have to buy a cable and a plug every single time that you buy a device, and that when you it, it doesn't seem like it's a significant change, but when you talk about Europe wide and just how much uh, wastage that is, that is an incredible amount. I think it's made up stats. And it might be, uh, but I, don't, I mean, genuinely... You, I you, bet you there is more cost and wastage for the amount of times I have to click a cookie. Okay, button. <laughs> and we add that up against all the users that are having to do that all the time because they made a bad law. Anyway. <laughs> do you, it's an interesting discussion point. I, I don't want to make it now because this is going to be a long podcast anyway, but uh, but but there, I don't think it's a bad law. I just... there's It's it just shows how people are using your data and actually it's it's interesting and it's um, not, but i won't go into that now and it's not and it's uh, not me sitting here saying i love lightning i would love it just to be one you know it'd be great to have one charging cable but i just i just think it's a bit flawed that it's like it will be USB-C. it's like how, how have you come to- i've fallen out of love with USB-C because on my phone now it just will not stay stuck in so if i want to use a set of headphones if i put every time i put it in my pocket the, the cable just pings out overnight it will often just slip enough that it's not charging anymore so i wake up in the morning it's not charged so i'm actually not happy with my USB-C at the moment but then my phone's quite old but equally it doesn't have that frictional element that, that the old cables you know used to be almost pinch friction whereas this is much more just there's one little clunk at the end but it doesn't seem to do a very good job so of holding maybe, it. maybe something to think about because i know you're thinking about a new phone um iphone 13 pro <laughs> I, I would never buy a phone that big i i'd I much prefer the idea of a small phone so when someone makes me a small phone i'll do it um 
The we spoke last time out about the uh, child sexual abuse images and how Apple were aiming to use some hashing technology to be able to identify images on someone's local phone uh, and therefore not break privacy as far as unlocking their stored uh, images and uh, looking directly at them. This was a technology that allowed for a, an image to be hashed it, it didn't mean that you I mean you know they don't need a they just need a central repository of hashes that get stored on the phone and compared against devices they said that was going to lead to no um you, you know no false positives or what in a trillion false positives or something like that since we've spoken about that they there's been a lot of privacy talk around what does it actually mean and is it any good and most privacy sort of advocates said actually it's not very good and people have already proved that they can get um hash um clashes um i can't remember the term they use for them hash collisions is their term um but yeah so they're kind of moving apple have said right we're not going to implement it now we've we'll review this these findings and what these people have said to us because they're they're coming from the sort of civil liberty groups and just checking that there's no consequences and some of the big consequences they're talking again are about bad actors could potentially force um people to have false accusations made um and then the other one is that you know actors such as um government organizations could potentially stretch the you know what are we checking for via this hashing technique um you know is it just child sex abuse images or does it go wider how do we know that this is going to be limited to uh, what what it's designed to do um so yeah they they're clearly going back a bit to the drawing board and checking that their approach is right uh, yeah i mean they spent they spent 4 weeks defending this you know announced it you know released a fact and put some execs up for interviews and then in the fourth week they actually had Craig Federighi on talking about it and here's what we're doing and then eventually we need to pause this it's it's still causing too many issues too many privacy groups concerned um a real a real actual a real misstep Apple usually PR wise are pretty bang on um and they fluffed this one and ended well, up it was a, well it, the reason it, i'm saying fluffed it is yeah. is they hacked off a lot of the privacy groups and then when they said right we're pausing it then all the child protection agencies were like up in arms going no you can't this is the right and thing that, to do uh, and and that, and, there, and there there lies the argument right they are trying to solve a problem which m- most people agree you need to solve yeah um they want end-to-end encryption because they don't want people to be able to inject but equally that stops crime agencies from being able to identify people who are bad actors and um you know criminals that we we want to see locked up um but they're you know so they're they're stuck in that weird place where they've come up with a solution that potentially can work but privacy advocates are still you know not happy and and they're never going to be happy with anything that does anything other than keeps all your data private and um but that the consequence of that is that you know there are kids that are being exposed and being you know abused because of it um or you know being put in the way of harm and it's a tricky one and and equally the the uk is wrestling with the same issues and and this this week um we've pretty well it's maybe not this week <laughs> in the last four weeks pretty retails have announced that they are sending out for tender uh, opportunities and how do we almost do a similar thing so just as apple's backing away from their proposed solution it seems like the uk government are looking for that how do we scan people's content without removing end-to-end encryption but they're also talking about yeah no child account should have end-to-end encryptment but uh, encryption but again that leaves 
opens up <laughs> kids for abuse as much as closing down on abuse that's taking place. So it's it's such a tricky topic. But what you can be sure of is that the British government right now is probably getting it wrong. So uh, whatever they do, then they will think of something else. Uh, yeah, and I think the, the the danger of the UK one, I think I got a bit of attention is is this is this you know is this government trying to work around you know there'll be certain content that we do not want a tech company to end to end encrypt, and I think that's the worry now yeah. that it's the I think you you discussed it last time you know CSAM is the that is the the one that everybody agrees there should be done something done about that's the entry point yeah but what happens next and what exactly what what happens next and how does how do they add control because even where we've had control in you know legal controls about what governments can and can't do we have proved multiple times and always for you know at least the the semblance of a good reason they have decided they are going to break those rules and they're going to disregard them and they will extend scopes and they will use them for other purposes so you and, know and the, and the quote no. yeah the quote i'm just reading out because i knew it was in here so this is pretty patel in the telegraph the introduction of end to end encryption must not open the door to even greater levels of child child sexual abuse hyperbolic accusations from some quarters that this is really about the government's wanting to snoop and spy on innocent citizens are simply untrue it's about keeping the most vulnerable amongst us safe and preventing truly evil crimes. And that's the that's the bit that you were talking about last time. Nobody will debate that these are truly evil crimes, but it's the how do you trust a government that constantly goes back on its word? How and that's and that's even in Western well, society. Provably, provably breaks the law, yeah. Yeah. And that's in Western societies. What about the other mm. more openly corrupt regimes that, that are, you know, will just crack down on civil liberties? That is the that's the danger. Difficult. It is difficult. Uh, Microsoft accounts can now go fully passwordless. So we've gone through that stage of having to remember your password. So everyone put the same passwords everywhere and used them everywhere. Realised that when you uh, entered your password into Jimmy's WordPress site and suddenly that unlocked <laughs> him, Jimmy could then go and have a look at your uh, HSBC account and empty it. Uh, people realised that they need to do something about passwords. So that's when we had the, you know, we've got password manager software but equally that's when two-step authentication really started sort of kicking in so banks with their uh, key cards originally but now using authenticator type apps uh, well microsoft's taking that a step further and just removing the password entirely from the process so you must verify your account using a, a second device or uh, you know so whether that's an sms or an email verification or using its authenticator app so they're kind of putting it forward that the password is is really uh, the, such a weak link in the the chain nowadays that actually uh, just get rid of that and uh, use use these other methods for getting into your account i'm glad you explained that to me because when, when i first saw the headline and read this i was like are they just taking the password away is that is that what this is because i was expecting them here we've got a novel way of doing this we've got a and it's like no we're just mandating 2fa you will use 2fa um, and realization that if you do that, they reckon you don't need the password. I guess the danger is if I've got your, I guess it's a phone, or I've got your, if I've got your token, you know. So I, and again, I'm I'm now going to work mode now. I've I've got a TFA token. I if think somebody's what... got that and they don't have my yeah. password, they can't get in. Whereas yes, if somebody's so got the, that, and that's the whole point. Was always two devices. Yeah, but. But but equally, I think that what they've realized, especially in this world of remote hacking, 
the password is something that gets around and shared around and moved whereas to so whilst you know whilst it's good for at some level like you say having that two-step um authentication i don't think you'd ever see this on you know you know a, a government system wouldn't necessarily remove passwords but but it, the proof of who you are via a device is much harder for someone to simulate or break than you know that or than two locations so via your email account and via your you know your sms or email you know your phone or whatever i think that's just a harder thing for people to to attack remotely uh, than you know have it asking for your password or getting your password or sneaking your password you also you can't take a phone call where someone can just go and uh, you know ping a device you know email through or whatever uh, and, like where they can ask for your password and, and, and your and that, and that codes is, yeah and that's where the big tech companies are taking this where it is around the we will send you a you know passcode a, a set of numbers a set of letters whatever um that every 60 seconds will change and that's uh that's a more uh, you know a more secure way of doing it there you go and uh, we also heard from microsoft about uh so they had their, their surface event and they have had a bit of a redesign on their surface pro lines um and yeah the kind of standard redesigns you got bigger screen for the same kind of um like form form factor form footprint um but you've got they've got thunderbolt 4 ports interestingly so they haven't there's no more usb a's uh, they're a thing of the past even though they're I'm, they're still widely used i've still got plenty of old usb things plugged into all sorts of places um but, I, I, so i'm sure the dongles are in our futures uh, yeah but it feels like it feels like probably microsoft apple are, are kind of like let's put that in the bin whereas i'm just looking down the pc i bought last year i mean that came with like six usba ports you know, yeah I, i've got more than that i've got like three on the front i've got about eight on the back and yeah. and when you're using like the uh you know the, like the old vr devices they 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 you needed like six inputs to do that it's and the work bonkers. the work hub has got because you still i mean if i get a, you know, a work headset or peripheral or a wired mouse it's still usba you know that's the yeah that, they're not moving to usbc i don't think anytime soon no maybe they are no well, I guess just, they're going to have to. I guess the point is they'll have to. That's the thing, isn't it? Well, I think what what and, I, and again, so the, the surfaces we use at work, uh, we have to hand a dock out. You know, even if it's just a small hub, because it's uh, you know, because your Thunderbolt port and there's your three or four USB um, A's plus a network cable. You know, and that's that's the reality of it. It's none of these devices have it, and so it's another peripheral, another little bit of. I'm sure for device manufacturers, not only you know moving removing all these ports and adding them to a dongle, but whilst it looks pretty ugly on your desk when you've got a massive dongle stuck in it, from a designing and you know they're moving into the such innovative like manufacturing techniques that actually having a fixed area where you must have ports suddenly it restricts where you've got everything. You know the whole internals are then defined by how do you get these ports around the edge. Yeah, you know, it means you've got to no, have circuit board, right. you've got to have connection points, all those kind and of things. And it's the height, isn't um, it? So remember that was and all, the, and like the depth as well. Port. Yeah, you get all these little ones with a little flap, which which yep. eventually breaks because it's crap. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think most folk now just accept. Yeah, I'm just going to buy a a little hub. It's got to be a dongle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Surface Laptop Studio. So that's the the foldable sort of screen in their old you know that format. Um, again it has quite a gap between those two screens um but it, but equally it's that kind of vision of a book uh, but with screens no, on it no um, no no the pictures are the wrong way around yeah. <laughs> so the laptop studio 
is the picture above. So this is a, a normal laptop <laughs> and you think you've got a normal screen. Oh, interesting. Okay, I see it. But you can flip it, yes. it and it hangs out like the iPad. Oh. And it, But it's thick. And it's also, you can't really see it in the picture because it's like, a, but you see the little front edge lip. It's actually almost sitting on top of like a, remember the... Um, I uh, see it now, yeah. Yeah. It, it's... it's it's like sitting on like a fan, a set of fans. Now you used to buy things that was like this will cool your laptop, and you put it underneath your laptop. And yeah, so it's quite a thick, chunky thing. I'm not sure it was to cool the laptop as much as cool your or legs. Cool your and, and... Uh, <laughs> you remember right? I think it was I'm... more about making sure men could still breed. <laughs> <laughs> gonna... Okay, yeah. So yeah, so that so that's quite an innovative little thing. But you're saying it's quite thick, so actually, so it's quite thick. Yeah. But I actually looked at it and thought because because again. When you when you flip this forward, it can only go into one angle. So it reminded me of like the um, of the iPad with the Pro version, where you got the keyboard and you flipped it out and it's floating. And the first time you see it, you're like, "This feels quite nice." And then you're like, "Oh, but I can't move it to the right angle, and I can't really touch and things." So yeah, and and interesting. I still think Microsoft are doing some of the most interesting things around design at the moment. Trying. Yeah, yeah their devices definitely are coming out as more innovative whether they're hitting that's the that's yeah. the point isn't it maybe they're not um so yeah it's the surface 2 duo sorry the one with the hinge and it looks like a book but they've got a uh, 5g support in there and gets cameras on board now as well yeah and it's the surface duo 2 which is the foldable book thing yeah yeah and then we have the new slim pen 2 uh, which has got built-in haptics exciting times for pen technology um that works on you know across their device set right so that you know that's a useful bit of kit and it looked um, it looked squarish as well it looked like a rectangleish. it was like i don't know felt felt odd looking to me <laughs> i know i shouldn't worry about these things but i looked at it and thought i don't know if i'd like that in my fingers <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they used to get those sort of slightly larger pencils in like that where they were never fully round whether they had this this flat flattened off edges so yeah and they weren't popular they <laughs> <laughs> um adaptive kits for making your service more accessible so um like labels on ports and, and that was um, quite clever they, they little, yeah. like on your keyboard if you want to put a raised stickery bump thing on something or you wanted to you know i thought that's Cause I, and I've seen Microsoft do that on the gaming side, you know, with the big, you know, different kind of joystick options. They've kind of opened up the whole of their input device on their consoles nowadays, whereas it used to be completely locked down. They've just said, no, if you need a device to enable you to play, we're not going to stop you doing that now. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that's great. Uh, and, and interesting, that's not an angle that Apple have come forward and sort of talked about really it's not something they push in their products no the, the, i still think that the, some of the ios stuff around um accessibility when you see like a blind user using their phone it is it's jaw-dropping what they've done you know and how it mm. works um but it, it, they don't seem to do anything around the interaction piece and that's what microsoft are, are focusing in on Yep, and then um, eco-friendly mouse also being touted, uh, 20% recycled ocean plastic, um, which is a nice direction to take in, I guess. Um, why couldn't it be more? don't know. So would the Surface Duo um, 2 interest you as a, a phone? That's that no, big it's way too big. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
even folded is massive. Now, for a phone device, I, I am looking for ultimately right back to the old, I think it was iPhone 4 or 5, the, that really nice tight form factor. I think that was perfect, the zenith of what it needed to be. And I think we've just gone far too big beyond that. Uh, for for a phone device you know especially when we've got options for ipads to consume media when you're traveling or whatever you know i think that's for me is is where it is um those the the z fold and z flip for from samsung interest me just because of those two things and it's actually the flip the one that goes in half really mm. interests me but at the moment i'm gonna leave that technology for a bit to, to mature because i think it will because i think people are enjoying it at the moment certainly getting good press um and there's facebook uh, to end our podcast i think um and they've come up with a couple of uh, new video calling devices um and so they we they've shown them before they're called portal video calling devices um, but they've come up with a couple of new ones um uh, they're kind of it seems like the the selling point is that they they're the one, another one that sort of follows you around the room so you you don't have to be stationary you can have a call with your family in your kitchen and be walking around making dinner or whatever and and it should follow you yeah so portal go 200 dollars so probably 200 quid um and it's like a 10 inch screen and it's like it's soft fabric, so I think the whole thing is you just, just put it where you need to put it, and it'll just stand, and you just you just engage. Um, I I don't know anybody that's 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 using these, but again, they seem to be they seem to be all in on we will make our own hardware. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're really they're really you know. You, their, their biggest problem is the trust problem, right? No one I trusts th- Facebook anymore. I think so. I think so because that's the you know Oculus was that was the biggest ding around the quest. It wasn't the, the platform is amazing, but people are like not buying it if you're forcing me to sign up to Facebook. Yeah, you you're you're pumping my data into a company that I I no longer trust with my data, and I don't know how they solve this problem because it's not just technology people who are aware of this. It's you know everyone the whole you know vernacular in the country is facebook aren't trustworthy with data especially as we had all those you know breaches with uh cambridge analytica and all that kind of stuff it's um and that's the problem so you're effectively inviting them to listen in watch your content see what you're talking to who you're talking to and 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 say people that feel a bit uncomfortable with that and the, i've not heard anyone talking about these devices no and, and portal was all around video and connection so i think they probably locked into releasing this last year with obviously with COVID and they're just looking further down the article. Um, they've never disclosed sales, but the, the research firm estimates 600,000 were shipped last year um, and 400,000 in the first half of this year. So they're seeing, still seeing some growth. Um, so there's a million devices out there somewhere. Uh, yeah. But I think to make something like that true, I guess, I guess if you as a family decide that's how you want to talk to each other, then, then go for it. And, um, I th- and I think that's I think that's the thing because is it Echo Show? I can't, I can't remember the Echo. Something like that. They Amazon yeah. which do seems... it, and Google do the same. These ten-inch yeah. type, you know, screens. I think Facebook is it's just all video. I think I think it's about like consuming other content, whereas I think Echo devices do. Yeah, and certainly the Google screen can be used for other things. I I, I love the evolution of this. Is the the first time those Google devices came out, they had to specifically put a notification notice out. The circular device on the front of your screen is not a camera. We promise we're not looking at you. And now and now they're fully into the. Yep, yeah, we got cameras on board. You can do video calls. All these exciting I'm, things. I'm just looking at Echo. So there's an Echo Show Five, which is a five and a half inch screen. There's one for kids. There's an Echo Show Eight, and there's an Echo Show Ten. So got... But you're right there for consume, consumption of media as well, though. Uh, yeah. Yep. 
Uh, also, Facebook have done some glasses, uh, smart glasses, Ray-Ban stories, smart glasses. Um, and they've got basically it's got cameras in two cameras on the front of these glasses. So you can take sort of um, I guess it's the idea is that you can take photos and just upload them to your stream. Um, and the, the two camera lenses allow you to do sort of 3D effect pictures as well. Um, and there they are, two hundred ninety nine dollars. Uh, yeah, to, to be fair, they look like Ray Bans, so you know the classic, you know Ray Ban design, except you know a bit more chunky in each lens, but not not horribly chunky like we've seen with other smart glasses, and not weirdly like Google Glass was, as in it's oh, obvious no. you're wearing some sort of weird, strange device. Yeah. So I think I, I you know design wise, a bit like you know what we've seen with like the Quest and even the portal devices, they look like they're well designed products. Um, I think the, the thing that was, you know, people were concerned around was the light which comes on, which says I'm recording, is not not the, you know, most obvious. Um, and it's just that Facebook stench again. You know, again, it's just yeah, and not only so now you've got these weird, creepy people taking photos and videos of you without you knowing because they've put a little plastic over your the the light sensor saying I'm recording. But yeah, it's it, again, it's a brave new world. We've all seen, you know, those heads up display type things. And that is the world we're heading towards with all these devices. And it'll get here. It'll do it step by step. We'll move too fast to like Google Glass and it'll go backwards in time. And then someone like Facebook will come out with these kind of devices and people will just, oh, whatever then. Uh, uh, That's kind of how it'll go. Yep. And it will be because there's, you know, Apple have been, you know, they keep talking up AR. They keep talking about, you know, glasses as a future product. Um, whether they come out with a big, you know, big hunk of plastic strapped in your face like a quest or whether they do something like this will be very I mean advertisers if you get AR involved and you go somewhere and they have advertisers are going to have an absolute field day they're going to love it look what my product would look like in your house well I think, <laughs> I think the... everybody wants the um because it's been on the sci-fi shows and everybody you think about you know that AR thing you're wanting that I'm walking around in the maps broadcasting yeah. something or the yeah, text yeah. message is, is streaming by and you're drive you're driving along and there's actual arrows showing you what lane to be in and which direction you're heading in all those kind of there's real good technologies that could come out of this yeah except with facebook you'll get a mcdonald's five miles advert appearing just as you're driving <laughs> along <laughs> hey it's been six months since your last mcdonald's have a have a have one on us and we've noticed that your weight hasn't gone up <laughs> yes give yourself a break have yeah. a mcdonald's <laughs> love it there you go we got through our podcast so thank you very much to everyone who's got this way i uh, didn't have a game section so uh uh today so for those who are looking forward to yeah so games, so so so, so neil you've got to the end this week um <laughs> rather than disappearing because two old men are talking about games although we could talk about the halo test Let's save it for our next podcast because then we'll be out the other side and have full opinion. But yeah. Oh, look at this. There's the pro. There's the pro. Mm -hmm. But we are playing Halo on the new uh, Halo Infinite flights and enjoying it, I think. So that's it. So if you want to find out, um, I've got to scroll down, more about us, who we are, <laughs> what we're doing, um, digitaloutbox.com is the website. Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address. Twitter is digitaloutbox. I am on Twitter as cheesy UK. I promise I won't block you. Um, and Ian, where do we find you? Iandick.com. Thank you very much. Um, we will speak to you again, I'll just say, in the future. <laughs> speak to you. Bye. Bye. 